everyone. Welcome to the 25 for 2019 from Christ and Pop Culture. I'm your host, Erin Straza. I have a stellar cohort from the Christ and Pop Culture team. We're here to determine the best of this year's pop culture. Now, if you're new to this show or this series, you're about to hear some debating and some discussing as we decide what we think best represents the good, the true, and the beautiful in pop culture for 2019. Now, this is a two-part process. This first conversation will determine what's in the 25, and then the second conversation will be arranging those 25 things in a particular ranked, ranked order. So let's get started. I want to introduce our team. We have first up Tyler Burns. Tyler, thanks so much for joining us again. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I am from the Panhandle of Florida, Pensacola, Florida, Um, former CAPC staff writer and also podcast host of the CAPC Digest. And currently I serve as a vice president of the Witness of Black Christian Collective and the co-host of the podcast, Pass the Mic. So And this is my annual contribution to CAPC, uh, the 25. So I always enjoy being on this podcast and having a good, clean argument. Sometimes, you know, (laughs) messy, but, you know, we're going to keep it clean. We try. And we love having you. So thanks so much. And we also have Catherine Freeman. Catherine, welcome to the 25. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Catherine Freeman, and I'm a staff writer for CAPC. I'm from Austin, Texas. Um, Right now, I am a seminary student. And something I'm excited about and working on in 2020 is launching a podcast with my friend Faith called Melanated Faith. So watch out for that January 2020. Nice. Well, thanks so much for being here. And next we have Tyler Glacho. Tyler, thanks so much for being here. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Uh, my name is Tyler. I'm from West Tennessee, and uh, I consult with Christ and Pop Culture, do some editing. And this is one of my favorite things of the year to do for the site. So I'm, I'm really excited for the next uh, couple of hours. We're glad to have you. You're like the veteran, so you're going to be like my uh, my helper in trying to sort through all the madness. I'm going to lean heavy on you, Tyler. Tyler 2. We've got Tyler 1, Tyler 2. And we also have Karen, Karen Huell-Balstadt. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm writer for Christ and Pop Culture under the name KB Hoyle, and uh, I write the column called Storied. I'm also a young adult fantasy and science fiction author with 10 books published now. Um, So I'm always telling people I'm always either writing stories or writing about stories. And this is my passion. So happy to be here talking about what was the best of 2019. Great. And finally, on our team, we have Kevin McLenathan. Welcome, Kevin. Hello, it's good to be here. Yeah, so uh, I I occasionally contribute writing to Christ and Pop Culture, I guess, but right now I mainly, my main contribution is just uh, being a co-host of Seeing and Believing, the film and television podcast for the site. Um, I live in Chicago right now, and uh, during my day job, I'm a, an editor and a freelance writer. We have quite the mix. We are so excited. All you listeners out there, we have great conversation lined up for you. And to get it all started, I want to share the nominees for the 25. Now, these qualifying items, they were released or they made a strong showing between December 1st, 2018 and November 30th, 2019. So that's kind of our cutoff range. Now, 
usually we read the entire list, all 25 plus items. Um, but this year, because those top five represent a strong consensus among the Christ and Pop Culture staff, they are not going to be removed from our final list. So we are going to keep them top secret. We're going to just, uh, keep those under wraps, and then we will bring those in that second conversation and uh, let you see what those are um, here at the end of our discussions. In this episode, though, we're going to discuss nominees that should be considered for those remaining slots in the list, and then we're going to debate what will be those last 25. With the top five undisclosed, I'm going to go ahead and just read the 20 items from the survey that received the most points from our staff, and I'm going to read these in no particular order just to give you kind of an overview of the types of things that made the list this year. We have Martin Scorsese, we have Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Feral Hogs Meme, Russian Doll, Baby Yoda, Watchmen, Jesus is King by Kanye, The Crown, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, What is a Girl Worth by Rachel Den Hollander, Parasite, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Lover by Taylor Swift, The Color of Compromise by Jamar Tisby, Ad Astra, Captain Marvel, When We All Fall Asleep by Illy Elish, Stranger Things, Cause I Love You by Lizzo, and Untitled Goose Game. So these are the entries that got the most points from our survey. And now that you've heard these entries, we want to go around and talk with each of our uh, team members here and give you all a chance to recommend up to two items that you think should also be considered for these slots. So we're just going to go on around the room and I'm going to start off with, let's go with Catherine. Catherine, tell me what other things you think made a big impact in 2019 that you think should be considered as part of this list? Well, I did not want to go first, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm just going to give my two things. Um, so I think one internet meme slash pop culture internet moment that I think should be on there is the Kiki Palmer, sorry to this man meme. And it's basically a clip from she did an interview and someone asked her about Dick Cheney and she didn't know who it was. Which, <laughs> um, and just her way of communicating that she didn't know who it was was very funny. And um, I thought, saw it for days and all kinds of riff Christian and otherwise on, um, you know, Peter, when they asked him who Jesus was, like using the sorry to this man. Um, I don't know who he is. Um, response. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I'm going to nominate is succession. Um, just because I don't know if you've seen the show, but essentially it's based on the fictional family. I think um, the family that owns Fox News, the, the Murdochs, um, it's kind of a fictionalized version of um, that family story, the story at the center of succession, and they're called the Roys. And it's, you know, this older kind of media um, conglomerate 
business billionaire man and his children are vying to like kind of take over the family business. And I think the characters, um, there's a little bit of like caricaturing of like the lifestyle of mm-hmm. rich people and kind of their pettiness and um, just sort of how their concerns are very different than ours. But it is also too, I think, a really biting um, and great commentary on media and wealth and all these kinds of things that have kind of permeated um sort of the culture and the conversation we're having about what is the role of billionaires what does it look like what is the ethical you know consumption and money and the role of media informing our opinions and ideas about everything from politics to fashion and I feel like most of the people like I follow every Sunday when Succession was airing we're talking about Succession so um I'm gonna nominate Kiki Palmer and Succession to be so it's almost like the show is giving you a snapshot of the type of culture we don't want to be right so so yeah Oh, it's definitely not. It's definitely not yeah. aspirational. And honestly, I don't. If I were the Murdochs, I might consider suing for defamation. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't, and especially the sons. Yeah, you know, it does not make them look oh, great. Well, that's great. But it's like funny. It's like a dark comedy. It's like funny, and and so I think it's great. That's television. awesome. Oh, I'm I'm so glad you brought Succession to the table because now I get to pick something else because that was going to be one of mine. So thank you. I'm excited. I'm glad you nominated that. Very glad. Oh, good. I had a list of four things. So hopefully someone else will get the things that I didn't say to go with my top two. <laughs> if someone doesn't have um, two things to bring in, Catherine will circle on back. Okay, now let's go to Tyler G. Tyler, what do you have to add to this list? You mentioned that Succession was one that you were going to nominate. What else do you have? Oh, gosh. Now, I mean, that was my first one that I was prepared to talk about. So Do you feel relieved? Um, But now I have to come up with something else. <laughs> now you I'm going to do a favor for our resident illustrator and nominate oh, a video game um, called Disco Elysium. Mm-hmm. We currently only have one game on the list, so I think we should at least bring another one for consideration. Uh, Disco Elysium uh, is a fantastic work of art, honestly, as a game. And I, I wish Seth was here to be able to uh, sing its praises. Uh, essentially, you are a detective uh, trying to solve a murder. Um, but the way that the game works is it, it's a role-playing game, so an RPG. And uh, all of the decisions that you make, all of the uh, choices, all of the conversations that you have are, are not based on the usual skills like strength and dexterity or intelligence that that's common to role-playing games but uh they're a lot more introspective about how we work as humans so um (laughs) more based on uh how i perceive emotions versus my hand-eye coordination versus um my the logic of whether or not I can put two and two together when I'm investigating clues, and uh, I'm going to bring Seth's uh, Seth's argument for uh, the game later when we discuss it. Um, but uh, yeah, so right now I would. Do you have inside information? Did he pay you off? No, no, he shared it. Oh, he shared no. it in our group. 
Yeah, because that was sounding like a bribe, bro. That was sounding, sounding sus. <laughs> Wait a minute. What's going on here? What I can say is based on his recommendation, I did play it, but it is oh, okay. quite a long game. And so I only mm-hmm. got a couple of hours in, but I was impressed from the first moment. And uh, it is something very new and unique to video games. And so it's worthy for at least our consideration. Great. Okay. I like it. Do you have anything else? Can you circle back around to me? Oh, of course. Yes, <laughs> I can do that. Thanks. All right. Let's go with Karen. <laughs> Karen, what do you have to add to this okay. list? Well, I feel pretty strongly that Keanu Reeves should be on the really? list. Wow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, this is cool. Tyler B's like, like what in the world? Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Let's hear I it, just Karen. feel like 2019 was a bleak year. <laughs> I mean, I think every year since 2016 has been bleak, but um, I think that Keanu Reeves was a bright ray of sunshine this year. He was everywhere, and everywhere he was was just kind of joyful. (laughs) You know, he was popping up in memes. He was popping up unexpectedly in rom-coms on Netflix, which, you know, spawned memes. Um, Now, I didn't see – I haven't seen any of the John Wick movies, but people – just rave about these movies you know it was announced this year that there's going to be another matrix which makes my 90s child heart so happy you know um he <laughs> he's just been like everywhere and then and then of course he's just one of those good guys in hollywood where there's always stories about him being kind and and more of these and being very down to earth you know there was the mm-hmm. uh, what the subway video was released of him giving up his seat, which is just you know like normal decent you know person's stuff to do. I just think he was everywhere, and it was just it was like nice, good, positive news all year just surrounding Keanu. So um, when it comes to celebrity news, that's that's refreshing, especially in light of all the other just terrible news that comes out yeah. all the time about everybody. It's like. You hear celebrity news, you expect it's going to be another sex scandal or another Me Too story, but instead, every time mm-hmm. it, it was Keanu, it was something nice. Um, so, and he, just to just to continuously still be in the news cycle like that is is refreshing. So, I feel pretty strongly about him being on the list. I'm so glad that you nominated him. Great. Okay, what else do you have? Do you have another? Option um, I for also us? think that the release of Disney Plus should be on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a huge cultural moment and so, so, so hyped, as everybody knows. Um, and nostalgia is so huge for um, really just the decade. Um, so many shows that are based in nostalgia, you know, so much music-based nostalgia. Our culture is just high on nostalgia right now. And Disney Plus um, – is cat well, Disney capitalizes on that period, um, mm-hmm. and Disney Plus is is capitalizing on that um, with releasing all these shows that um, so many people haven't seen since their childhood. It's not like it's just one generation either; it's multiple generations are finding, you know, rediscovering these shows that we watched as kids. Um, it's just a huge cultural moment. It happened this year, obviously. Um, I think that it's notable. And certainly noteworthy. Um, it's been one of the things that's brought my family together and brought my family a lot of joy this year is kind of having a nightly like, okay, what are we watching on Disney Plus tonight? Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I think that should be on the list. It's interesting how much 
that has created a stir because initially when I heard they were streaming and ha would have their own um, stream, I just thought, oh, okay, that's fine. But now that I have it, I I'm really pleased that we have it. So kind of interesting. I feel like it it switched my feeling about it after, after yeah. having it and then seeing some of their yes. offerings. And, so, yeah. And it's brought right. like kind of going back to the bringing our family together, like being able to share with our children these shows that we watched as children because mm -hmm. um, we like my husband and I had bought DVDs of certain shows like um, DuckTales um, and sure. some Darkwing Ducks and things like that. But to, I know it's just kind of a first world problem, sort of laziness. Like, oh, we have to put the DVD and the <laughs> DVD. So hard. But to have it there at your fingertips and um, just the anticipation of things that are coming out, um, you know, over the course yeah. of the I think that it's, I think it's a big thing. That's all. All right. Well, thank you for those two additions. Let's go over to Tyler B. Tyler, what do you have for us? Ah, oh, man. So this is interesting. So I'm trying to, I'm looking at the list and the balance and all that. And I'm trying to figure out, because I had like three or four different things. I was like, maybe I could add this or that. Um, I will start by doing um, Homecoming by Beyonce. And right. specifically, what is that a is that a good Tyler or a bad Tyler? Tyler, it is a good Tyler. Okay, cool, 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 I cool. Knew, I knew Catherine would I be just happy didn't about want to that. Be that girl. <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. We need to be those people. Be that, be that person. That's right. Be that person. Let's do it. Uh, and specifically, I want to um, clarify because it's on the list, kind of in the in the votes as the album. I particularly would love to do the documentary, yeah. um, the Netflix documentary, precisely because mm, I think the okay. reason the reason is I think it shows behind the scenes the process of Beyonce becoming herself again and mm. having, mm -hmm. I, you know, I watched this with my wife at the time when she was recovering from, um, or actually I think she was pregnant at the time with our second child. And so having seen her kind of recover from pregnancy and then, you know, the challenges that she faced in the midst of that. And then seeing Beyonce, this woman who's kind of built this image as sort of superhuman or more than human for a lot of people mm -hmm. now kind of be reduced to her most vulnerable state to talk about the fact that she had preeclampsia, um, that she had to have an emergency C-section, all these things that women face, Black women in particular face on a regular basis. But then to see that she had to struggle to keep up with her dancers, she had to struggle to keep up when she got back into uh, the rehearsals and practices. And she, she said this one thing that really cemented that it was going to be one of my favorite elements of the year is when she said, um, when she said, people don't, people don't like to practice. People don't practice because they don't like to see themselves fail. And mm. she said, in the failures where you actually become great. And so seeing that in, com in combination with the fact that she was the first black woman to headline Coachella, and the fact that she introduced so many black elements in the midst of that, I just think it's just it's a no brainer to me um, that Homecoming mm -hmm. should be on the list. Um, and I believe the documentary is still in the range, so you you guys will have just have to check that as far as if the documentary is still in the the time frame and the date. Tyler, range. the documentary is definitely in the time frame. The performance okay, cool, cool, cool. was in 2017, <laughs> but okay, the I'm documentary just making sure. just... is in the time frame. <laughs> Came out okay, good, 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 good. Excellent, excellent. Okay, cool. So yeah, de definitely homecoming uh, by Beyonce. Uh, I'll do that. 
I love that because there's so much in culture with our celebrities, how they they are larger than life and Beyonce especially seems near flawless. And so to see her explaining and to see her in the process of growing and and it's like there's an extra strength to her now. <laughs> it's almost like this makes her even more, um, I don't know, not that we're idolizing her, but it, it puts her further up on a pedestal almost that she's strong enough to say this was my weak moment and yes. to relate to that. Oh, yes. man, it's really inspiring. And, and it almost yeah. feels like this is the climax of her career. Like this is the peak mm. in a weird way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do you get bigger than Tyler, the Super Bowl? How do you get bigger than, Beyonce you know? has not peaked. Yeah. Let's just. <laughs> <That's> the, the, <laughs> like, and and, and not, in, not in like, it's all downhill from here. It's just more like. I mean, I feel like this is this is the moment. Like, no, I get it. She's, I get, yeah. she's bounced back from a marriage that could have failed, pregnancy. Yeah, yeah. she's been low, she's been high, and now she's like yep. making history and doing this. I don't know. It just feels it feels yeah like awesome. the moment for her career. All right, good entry. Do you have a second one for us? Oh man, so many things I'm looking at. That I'm like, this would be really interesting if this was on the list. I even thought about the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Tyler, that's on my that list. Tyler, that's I, I, I can't. I can't do it. I can't. I can't argue the Popeye's chicken sandwich. I just can't. I can't do it. I just don't. It's not gonna feel right, Catherine. It's not gonna no, feel I get right. it. I get it. I get it. I'm not gonna but do it. I'm not gonna do it. That was a moment. Uh, just so it we're was clear. a moment. It was a great <laughs> moment, and I'm really tempted to do it, but I'm not gonna do it. Okay, I, I'm going to actually. I'm going to actually nominate the movie us um good and you know it's really interesting because (laughs) if if we did capc 25 four months ago five months ago i would not have put us on the list but i think us didn't get a fair shake and and i think we were comparing it to get out and get out is near Mm. flawless and in the way that's constructed and it's a crowd pleaser and it's the the you know, the subtext is very clear. Um, the implicit is very explicit in a lot of places. And us makes you think us is a level deeper and it's layered, um, pun intended, with the fact that, you know, you have the tethered above ground and then below ground as well. Um, so mm-hmm. it's 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 layered. And but I think the metaphor of us being afraid of the outsider, uh, us being afraid of the other, particularly in 2019, is a powerful metaphor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also recognizing that yeah. the real enemy is us. The real enemy looks not like the other, but the real enemy is in the mirror. Um, I think is is just is powerful. And I think Lupita Nyong'o's performance is phenomenal. The way in which some of the elements were tied in, the more I think about it, the more I I actually appreciate what Jordan Peele was doing. Mm-hmm. And it was a different experience, obviously, than Get Out, which is more of a rowdy, you know, kind of crowd pleasing theater experience with some of those layers. But when you think about the metaphors and then also the way in which um, some of the directorial decisions that he made um, with the blocking and and some of these other things um, with some of the scenes and some of the imagery, and then also that closing scene, the, the fight with um, I don't really, you know, yeah, I I guess we can spoil it because it's been so many, you know, so many months, but the fight between Lupita Nyong'o's, above ground and below ground, you know, in the tethers and kind of the flip of that with, you know, the theme, uh, the theme song, the score, I thought was was masterfully done um, and powerful and how it kind of interspliced the ballerina scenes and 
and things of that nature. So, yeah, I, 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 the more I think about us, the more I really appreciate it. And it, it kind of goes up my list as far as movies uh, for 2019. So, all right, that leaves two more slots. Kevin, Kevin, what do you have to submit to those slots for us? Okay, uh, I do feel really strongly, uh, especially strongly about one thing uh, mm. that I would love to see on the 25, and that would be the HBO TV series Chernobyl. Ah, um, yes. And it's, I mean, it's it's great because it's just, it's great, it's well made, it's just incredibly well acted, well directed. There's a moment in one of the episodes uh, where the uh, where, where where some characters have to essentially go down into the basement next to this active melting down nuclear reactor that i think is the most terrifying thing i've seen in in on screen in years it's just it's mm. it's so well done i also think that it just has so much to speak to our current moment it's um we we live in an age of disinformation, and I think what Chernobyl does that's so timely is it is it essentially gives us makes us look in a mirror that just happens to be uh, events in the Soviet Union, which was like kind of the polar opposite of the United States during the Cold War. Like they were the kind of Every, stood for everything supposedly that the United States didn't stand for. Mm-hmm. And by telling a story about them that has a whole lot of similarities to America in 2019 in terms of uh, government officials essentially being willing to sacrifice lives before they admit they messed up or that America isn't perfect, I think that's just a very provocative thing for this TV series to be doing, and I'm really glad somebody said it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's also just important for us to. I, I guess there's kind of this this assumption that eventually cooler heads will prevail, and that you know people will pump the brakes on the car going over the cliff before we before it actually happens. Like if worst comes to worst, we're not going to destroy ourselves. And I think Chernobyl really shows that. We can. They came within a hair's breadth of actually just letting, yeah. you know, th- hundreds of thousands of people die and permanently contaminating uh, an area even worse than already was, simply because nobody kind of wanted to be the one to take the blame. Mm-hmm. And I really, I think that's a, a sobering reminder, and it's probably one that we need these in in this age of you know climate change and mm-hmm. uh, all sorts of. All sorts of social tensions that are boiling right now. Yeah. All right. Good. Do you have a second thing for the list? <laughs> so uh, my second one is uh, I really want to see Knives Out on this list, um, wow. and I think part of the reason that it's not isn't so much that it you know it's not very it isn't so much that some people didn't like it or that it didn't make that big of a splash, but it's just that it came out towards the end of November and a lot of people just haven't had the chance to see it yet. And I really want to see it on this list because it is just a fantastically entertaining movie. It would make a really interesting double feature with the movie Parasite, which is already on the list. Mm. And... I I think it's it's one of these films that you you go to it and you have a really good time with it, 
But then after it's over and the entertainment is past, you, you realize that it still left you with quite a bit to chew on. This this is a movie about class and about kind of the, the blithe racism that uh, upper class white people tend to be very comfortable with. Um, and I think those are two things that this movie skewers really deftly without really um, feeling the need to um, be... Like it does it essentially in the in the form of a comedic whodunit mystery, mm-hmm. and that is kind of the spoonful of sugar that helps the medicine go down. And mm-hmm. it's it's explicit enough that you know that that's what it's doing, so it doesn't go over anyone's head. But it's it's the sort of movie that a lot of people will actually watch and maybe even let change them. So I, I think it's pretty special. Yeah, I agree. I loved Knives Out. I haven't seen Parasite, but so far this year, Knives Out was like the best, my favorite movie I saw this year, just because of the layers of that, um, the storytelling. I'm right there with you. Man, I haven't seen it yet. I have seen Parasite, though. I haven't wanted either. to see it so bad. <sighs> it, is, it is a great movie to like it came out on thanksgiving weekend sort of intentionally because you know everybody kind of complains about going home to you know meet the folks and there's conversations about politics and tensions around that so it was very apt for thanksgiving but i think those same things also make it very apt for christmas uh it's it's (laughs) kind of got those same resonances Mm -hmm. and it's also kind of like it's a sort of movie that you can take the entire family to and everyone's going to have a good time you know, it's it's not one of these these movies where, you know, if you're really into movies, you'll like it, but other people are going to kind of drag their feet and wish they could go see <laughs> Star Wars instead. I think Knives Out is the perfect movie for the entire family, basically. Nice. Well, that sounds good. I'm glad it's on the list. And I forgot, we still have a slot open, don't yes, we? Yes, we do. Tyler, Ooh. Tyler, do you have another thing you want to add in? Yes, no? I, uh, I came up with a nomination. Okay. Uh, first, what do you got? I just want to do a quick shout out um, to Mindhunter. I feel like it deserves to be on this list, but there is way too much television already, so I'm not even going to try yeah. to argue for it. Um, so uh, what I'm going to nominate is something that uh, probably didn't catch the attention of Christ and pop culture too much because we don't sort of venture into this area. But I think Tyler Blevins, who goes by the name Ninja, Um, deserves to be on this list in the people category. Uh, Ninja has been a a way maker, essentially, for uh, streamers, for video game culture. And what I love about it is because he he dismantles some of the preconceptions and assumptions uh, that revolve around uh, who is a gamer or um, the the type of people who play video games. Um, we've all heard of Fortnite. We're probably all sick and tired of hearing about Fortnite and Ninja became popular because of Fortnite. He has used his platform very well. He has been a good example of what a public video game personality um, can and should be. He was on the cover of um, major magazines this year. He you know, is is super successful, but doesn't flaunt it around. And because Fortnite is such a popular game with so many kids, uh, especially kids like my son in particular, I love that he is a good role model. And he is a role model 
who plays video games. And uh, kids don't get that a lot. And adults don't appreciate that um, area of, of work or employment that is streaming too much. And there's plenty to critique about streaming culture. Um, but I don't think Ninja represents many of those critiques. And so because he has paved the way um, for video games to be even further um, further in the consciousness of the public when it comes to pop culture, we already know video games uh, bring in pretty much most of the money of um, pop culture artifacts. Uh, but uh, in terms of the public consciousness, I feel like Ninja has has raised the bar quite a bit there. Neat. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because when I saw that on the the list from earlier, I was like, I don't even know who that is. So this is really interesting. And um, I'm glad you uh, let us know about Ninja. Interesting. Okay. So Here's the thing. We now have a, a hefty list. Technically, it's 35 items because we've reserved these top five super secret nominees. So we've got these uh, these 35 entries, and we need to whittle these down now. We need 10 things to come off this list. Now, any 10 are up for grabs. So we need to go around once again and hear which thing or things you think need to be removed. And you need to state your case, and then we need to uh, get some rebuttals, or we need to have agreement. Uh, let's go ahead and come back around. We're going to start with Catherine. Catherine, which thing on this list do you think um, should be removed? I would remove, so I can name only, how many things can I name? <laughs> Just well, <laughs> like, wow, that's a good stuff. No, the Catherine 25. <laughs> Catherine's like, no, I would like all no, of them no, to be replaced. That's not all of them. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, technically, okay. up to two. So, so you can you can nominate two things, but let's start with your first one and let's hear which thing you think really doesn't so need to be on this So I'm going to say list. feral hogs when I don't know what that is. If someone can explain to me, <laughs> I, I never saw that meme. I, as opposed to <laughs> the other memes on our list, I, I, I did not see that one. So um, I would, so feral hogs. And then um, I'm going to say Ad Astra um, just because I haven't heard anyone really talking about that movie. I'm sure it's a great movie. Um, but in terms of just like pop culture, penetrating the kind of conscience i i don't think it quite got there sure okay let's start with the meme feral hogs so this is this is something that went around and it was 30 to 50 feral yeah, hogs yeah. if you yeah. remember <laughs> now i i would love to have one of you explain the whole context because really i just saw all the memes and i'm not quite sure how it got started but i found it to be hysterical because it kept coming <laughs> around um who would like to enlighten all of us on this meme i can i can do it do um, it because i think i i was pretty vocal about really enjoying it when we were kind of discussing this in the uh, Christ Pop Culture Writers Group. Mm -hmm. And so so basically, it, it kind of got started because there was some discussion going on about gun control on Twitter. And there's 
this one this one guy was was talking about this hypothetical scenario where he needed an assault rifle because what if 30 to 50 hogs ran into his backyard <laughs> while his small kids were playing and in in 3 to 5 minutes and he just had to get them out of there right then sure, the only thing that would have the firepower to chase off a pack of hogs of that magnitude would of course be an assault rifle so naturally that's why he needs one um which is i mean it's a silly analogy it is silly. but it was the the exact phrasing he used to it was just so crazily it was so specific. specific it was it was like 30 to 50 in three to five minutes it was like well, what he, in the world? while my small kids play you know right, it's just right. the, the phrasing there's something so indelibly weird about it not just in terms of that he would even dream up this crazy right. hypothetical scenario but that he would express it in those exact terms that everybody just latched onto it and so then it just kind of became this thing where people the you know the as memes do the phrase just kind of started to mutate and people just um just started to recontextualize it in ways related to pop culture in ways that you know made fun of the original gun control argument that all of this stuff kind of just came together and fused into yeah, yeah. My favorite, my favorite one was uh, my milkshake brings thirty to fifty feral hogs to the yard. I laughed about that for quite a while. That one I haven't seen that one. That's great. Um, I would also like to add that uh, he didn't just dream up that specificity right. um, because it is an entirely real and kind of terrifying issue. I, I challenge all of you and anyone listening uh, to search feral hogs in Texas or Arkansas on YouTube and uh, see what comes up. Th- this isn't like a little, you know, uh, a, a pack well, of little piglets. I, I mean, someone who lives in Texas, it actually the- was on the news. A woman outside of Austin actually was killed. Or no, I think outside of Houston, she was killed by feral hogs. Um, oh my goodness. She's coming... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get like them in she, Alabama too. I think she They're was awful. like coming from. She was like a home health aide and was like leaving one of her clients' houses, and they attacked her on the way from her house to the car. Um, and yeah. that is terrible. Yeah. So really okay, bad. I'm is, sorry. This has to be one so bonus of living is, in I mean, Illinois where it's too it cold is, for barrel hogs. As, as a Texan, but also someone who <laughs> is not for assault rifles, they do exist and they are deadly and they kill people and animals all the time. So. Mm-hmm. I think that's why uh, I love this meme so much and why I think it should stay on the list because uh, while it seems like this ridiculous interjection into the gun control debate, especially on a platform like Twitter, um, it brings a very real issue that is a very valid um, reason uh, for assault rifles or at least for at least, uh, you know, more than a pistol in terms of firepower, um, the need for it. Um, and yeah, the, the guy who, uh, who made the comment uh, has been a really good sport about it on Twitter too. Um, just sort of following, uh, the comedy of it as well. Uh, yeah. So I, I feel like mm. it, it takes something that has been, uh, hotly debated. That's, that's, honestly that we're all tired of debating brings a real point into the issue and when you actually take the time to look into it realize that is a valid point that addresses some of the other side's concerns or Mm. fears Mm -hmm. um and then it's all wrapped up 
uh, with a tidy bow as a meme uh, that just sort of gets <laughs> out there. And so I, it's, uh, it's, I feel bad for laughing now. Like I feel bad because it's like <laughs> yeah, I, people die. I know I do too. I was like, oh, I don't know. I just, yeah, I think of memes as something funny, and I guess I can't really laugh at that. <laughs> Well, it was hilarious. <laughs> it, it was very funny at the time. Everyone was giving their take on it. Here's what I want to do. I, I think that there are enough people here who appreciate the moment that it was. So let's hang on to that in the list. But let's talk about Ad Astra. Um, I, I do want to say that I have not seen this film, but I didn't think that it had as much of a splash. I was surprised that it was on the list. And so for those of you who are familiar with it, um, Kevin, I especially want to hear what you have to think. I'm guessing that you have watched it and probably reviewed it on Seeing and Believing. So I, I would like to hear about Ad Astra and if we think that should remain. Yeah. Well, like I feel like we this, this kind of point comes up uh, most years when we do the Christ Pop Culture uh, 25, which is, you know, what what is what is the purpose of a list like this? Is it mm-hmm. to um, award uh, stuff that that lots of people saw and enjoyed? Is it to uh, recognize stuff that is very culturally significant? Uh, is which I think those are are both purposes that the list serves. I want to propose that there's a third reason that we do the list, which is to draw attention to worthwhile uh, cultural artifacts that might otherwise kind of fly under a lot of people's radar. Like we don't obviously, I obviously don't want to like just fill this entire list with 25 movies that nobody's ever heard of that I just personally liked. Mm -hmm. But I think that there should be space on on the list for for stuff that people will will see it on there and they won't know what it is and they'll think, huh, maybe I should check that out. And then it's sort of a way for us to not just follow the conversation, but also to lead it in a way. Mm-hmm. With Ad Astra specifically, I think that it's one of the most heart on its sleeve uh movies from this year about spiritual longing that I've seen. The the basic plot of the movie is Brad Pitt um, goes into space uh, in search of his father, who's been missing for years and years. Uh, and he, he, he goes in search of his father, number one, to figure out exactly why these strange phenomena have been happening back on Earth, but also because he essentially, he misses his dad hmm. and he, he feels like there's something missing from his life that would be explained or that a hole that would be filled if he finds his father and finally gets some answers about why his father left. And I think there's a lot of resonances there for uh, a culture that has a spiritual longing that essentially longs for God, that they know he's out there, but he seems he seems missing or absent and we we don't know where he is and we can't find him. And it just it, it's something that gnaws at us all the time. And I think Ad Astra explores that through a space adventure in really interesting ways and so completely sincere about it that, I, I don't know, I feel like when movies like those come along, I, I, I just want to hold them close because mm. they, they they don't come around that often. So mm-hmm. that that's my pitch anyway. Oof. Other thoughts on this one? Man. I wanted I, to see it. Never I fell saw asleep it. on that joint. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, sorry. To this man, I went into slumber and I feel so bad because it was like, it was good at the beginning, and but they were just talking so slow and so so quiet. I, I fell asleep, man. I'm so sorry. I, 
This is my favorite. <laughs> well, and I. <laughs> That's but I, I, I believe I believe Kevin though. Like if Kevin says this was spiritual longing, like I believe him. I just couldn't. I couldn't. Make Sorry. It. Um. So I would just say that I agree with the idea of like things people also should see. I just think of the things that we've maybe listed. It it just still sounds like there are other things that aren't quite on the list that I think probably are more deserving of the spot. So if it's a com- comparative ranking and we can only pick twenty five. I just feel like there are other things that maybe fit that same, like things people mm-hmm. should see or give attention to more than than at Astra. Any other thoughts? Anybody want to chime in on that? I guess uh, I would just ask Kevin, since um, he made, you know, basically explained it to us and made the argument of why it can be on the list. Uh, is is um, at Astra a, a hill you would die on um, in terms of fighting for it to be on the list? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't die on that hill. There, there, there are some hills that I am definitely probably going to die on later on in this, in, in these two episodes. So I don't want to like, you know, completely, you know, use up all of my goodwill right here at the beginning to, to fight for Ad Astra, which I think is, I think is really good. It's maybe not one that I would put at the top of my own personal movies of the year list. I would be sorry to see it go, especially because I think it has a lot more on its mind than some of the other mm-hmm. uh, entries on the list. But I mean, if 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 I'm outvoted uh, five to one here, then it's it's not one that I'm going to like throw up my hands and flip this table that I'm podcasting from. And, You're and not going to leave the podcast, are you? No, You're not going to just I, walk off. No, that <laughs> okay, that <good>. is <laughs> that is not in the cards for for Ad Astra. Well, here's what I think. Um, because we've been able to talk this out and people are now already hearing how great it is, they can just go and watch it. But we're not going to have it on the, the top 25. So there okay, we go. Well, well, people had better go out and watch That's it. That's right. Then. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. So let's let's uh, get Ad Astra off of the list and let's move on to Tyler G. Tyler G, what would you like to well, see removed? What do you think needs since, to uh, come on? Catherine started us with <laughs> some of the more hot debate uh, in terms of what's on the list. I'm just going to throw an easy one out there. I don't think Stranger Things needs to be on our list again this year. Yeah, yes. but, but, but hold up. But why not? But why season not? Season three was great. It's Season three was great. Um, I enjoyed it much more than season two, but I feel like it is simply on this list because still because of what a sensation season one was and because of that uh, sensation of season one, the surprise and the joy that came from it, it continues to be a favorite or a, a favorite series of pretty much most of the people that I know. So I believe that it made the list just because people watched it. And it's something that they thought of mm-hmm. in terms of I need to put television shows on this list. Mm-hmm. And it was, but I do not think season three in particular, I don't think it, it leaves a mark on 2019. Um, it's a great show. I enjoyed it very much. I just don't think it needs to be on the list for this year. Yeah, I, I I'm going to second Tyler on that one. I, and I would, I didn't even, enjoy it as much as i enjoyed the the first two seasons i feel like 
if it had been entirely Steve Harrington and the ice cream <laughs> uh, team, you know, the like uh, Steve Harrington and it had been entirely them. They just had such a fun dynamic and the characterization is so strong that I would be happy having just them on the list. <laughs> but I think they were surrounded by a lot of stuff that wasn't nearly as fun or interesting. So I'd be happy to lose them. Yeah. I actually thought that season three had less to say than season two. I thought season three was better executed as television, but that Mm -hmm. had less to say than season two. Um, Mm. So I would be okay with getting rid of it. (laughs) Okay. And Tyler, you still have one more that you can, um, you can request, but I do want to just remind you all that all of the things are game. So even the things that you've already added on, so all of the things can be removed or or recommended to be removed. So everything, everything's game here. So except for those top five slots. Uh, the other thing that I'm going to nominate, I think there's still a good handful of items that should be easy offs. Um, Mm-hmm. But I'm going to push back a little bit, and I'm just not convinced that "Sorry to This Man" meme uh, needs to make the list this year. I don't have a strong reason why. I'm not super familiar with it. I just know that in the past, memes are memes were sort of novelty additions to the list. Uh, memes have become much larger uh, than that uh, nowadays, and this list has a good amount of them. But in terms mm. of that one, it's not one that I ever saw online. Granted, I'm not super active on social media anymore, uh, but uh, out of the other memes that we have, uh, that's just one that sticks out that I'm just not sure it needs to take a spot. All right, let's hear from everybody else. I had to look it up. After you suggested it, I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't super familiar with that one either. Yeah, I love Sorry to This Man. Um, I, I love it. But, you know, I have, I have strong thoughts about some other memes on here, but I actually love Sorry to This Man. Um, I, yeah, and, and I mean... You love I it. I think it's just, it's just a... It's a universal sentiment that really kind of intersects with... Um, Black Twitter and also the absurdity that yeah. is the world and we I live think- in in a lot of times. And so just to just to be able to say like, man, sorry to <laughs> yeah. this man. I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. I don't know him <laughs> or I don't want to know him. It just it feels really it feels like the default. Like right. it is what it is. A 2019 yeah. version of it is what it is. Like what so Tyler said about sorry to this man. I think also too. just I think it's a perfect mm. illustration of two things like the difference in culture of like African-American culture and like what's important. Like we're expected to know all of white culture and like it's not vice versa. But then I also mm. thought about mm-hmm. it in the, the context of OK Boomer because it felt like because Kiki Palmer is like in her early her early 20s and it definitely felt like yeah, I don't know why this guy should be important, which is such a like gen, gen, what are they? Gen Z? Is that what they are? It's felt, yeah, it just felt like (laughs) such a Gen Z thing to be like, oh, this thing that was so important to you, like a mortgage and like marriage. Sorry to that man, you know? And so, and so I just felt like even for that reason of just (laughs) so much of like, I don't know, our culture, like commentary of like just the generational differences, it was hysterical because we have this expectation for like I mean I'm guilty of this of like young people like really Uh knowing these things and they don't 
for and 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 that people feel have very strong feelings of like you should know who Dick Cheney is and it's like <laughs> sorry I probably sound ridiculous <laughs> like but I don't know who he is so I mean I just felt like in terms of sorry. just kind of capturing sort of the zeitgeist of like general cultural conversations it was very um, apt for that well I in that case, I'm good with leaving it for now. Uh, that way we can uh, take off some of the other easy ones and maybe we just revisit yeah, it when we yeah. whittle it down a little more. I would agree with that. I think the memes are um, interesting. They're they're defining something about pockets of culture that are um, meaningful and entertaining. And I feel like these have those kind of like a... Uh, an insider edge to them. And so I don't want to take them off too quickly. So yeah, yeah let's, let's keep that on the list. Um, and let's see, Ty- Tyler, did that you was my give two? That was your second. Okay. So we'll, we'll circle on background. Let's go with Karen. What do you think? Okay. I'm going to make people really mad. <laughs> oh, let's do it. Okay. Um, and I'm not going to win this battle, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> I'm actually no, not mad at all. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad at all. <laughs> maybe the maybe the listeners, the rest of the staff is going to yeah. be mad, but I'm not sure the cast. Maybe will the be. listeners. Okay, <laughs> I'm like so nervous because I'm I'm really 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 um conflict averse, so I'm all like sweating. <laughs> no everywhere. no no, that's all right. Okay, I um I really like the show, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Although I obviously acknowledge that it is just fabulously produced. It's wonderfully acted. It's well-written. It is, it makes me feel icky. Um, Mm. I watched the first two seasons and I literally got to the end of the second season and I just sat there staring at the TV going, why did I just watch that show? Um, Mm. It just left me with a sick feeling in my gut. Um, It is not... I just don't think that it reflects truth, beauty, and goodness. And I I don't really know how better to say it concisely. Um, I don't think, I mean, it's, it's, it's a reflection of human nature. That's for sure. But um, it's, it's kind of just gross. So different in a way than how uh, Catherine was explaining succession and how it's like these people are behaving badly and yet you're walking away with things to chew on I felt like exactly I felt like the show actually um promotes the bad behavior and encourages it yes and I don't like that and it's it's actually something that is um is commonly done um Amy Sherman Palladino is the writer correct um I feel like she does that a lot in her writing, and I should have come to expect that out of her writing. She mm-hmm. particularly does that to her female characters, and I don't like mm-hmm. that. And I sh- I should know that by now that I don't like that of um, her writing. Um, but I just I don't I don't think it's a good show, and I you know, and I know that's very subjective as well. Um, there are objective and subjective principles in there, but um, I don't I don't like it, and I would be happy to see it off the list. Yeah, it was season two. And I was only so nervous about bringing this up because I only watched the show because last year we talked about it. And I thought, well, gee, I've got to sit down and watch the show because everybody loves it so much. And I got through the first season and it kind of sucked me in. And I watched Can the I- second one. And again, I kind of just went. Yeah, I was, sorry um, to interrupt. Yeah. I, 
I Sorry, agree. I mean, I watched the second. I really liked it the first season. I did not make it through the second season. I think for the exact reasons that you have articulated, and I haven't haven't watched the third season, so it'd be interesting to see if if it's there's like a course correction. But specifically about the second season, I didn't like that it was very celebratory about she's a bad person. I, I <laughs> like, like yes. she, I mean, like specifically the, the episode where she ruins her best friend's wedding and like, and then the fact that she's like, essentially her children, I don't are just like supporting actors in her grand narrative about her life. And then just watching people defend that as if like, you know, well, men do this all the time. And, and it, and it's like, well, Yes, but yes, also that's exactly. not to be celebrated. Like I don't want I don't want parody, gender exactly. parody at the expense of like human flourishing, you know? And so I just I I couldn't make it through because I just was exactly. like she's starting to grate on me. I think she's a bad person. And I don't want to celebrate that. <laughs> well, it seems like it seems like Catherine and Karen, you both feel this way. Does anyone feel like it should stay? Is anyone opposed to removing it? Yeah, that line about gender parity, okay. human flesh, that was a bar. That okay. was that was powerful. Wow. No, I'm glad for you to bring I'm glad that you brought that up though, because I <laughs> felt the same way and just felt like it was just and I'm like the only person that feels like I don't know that she's someone worth celebrating. <laughs> I just I don't think we should celebrate things just because they're well made. I think they have to also be saying, you know, good things. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that show does. Well, that was a good recommendation, Karen. Do you have a second one for us? Um, Well, this one is I have no good reason for this. I just actually kind of want to know what people think, because um, does Lover by Taylor Swift need to be on there? I'm not a Taylor Swift (laughs) fan. I'm just going to go ahead and say that I switched the channel when she comes on the radio. I just I'm not a fan. So (laughs) does she need to be on there? I do too, but I don't want to be the first um, one to state mine. Aaron, you go first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, come on, be bold. That's what you told us before we started say, recording. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, no, she doesn't need to be on okay. there. Anyone? anyone so else I'm voting her strongly? off, and Aaron's voting her off. <laughs> Anybody else? I, Give me your reasons, one way or the other. When it made the list based on votes, and again, I'm wondering if people just. Uh, if if staff were just trying to think of albums to add to their votes, you know, and so Taylor Swift sure. is one of those names, and she came out with a new album. I could be completely wrong on that, and you know, if- she well. So this is what's actually been interesting. I, so I am a Taylor Swift fan, and I like this album a lot. Um, but I don't think I think it was a course correction to Reputation, and Lover hasn't. It wasn't, I think everybody thought it was going to be nominated for album of the year and it, and it wasn't. Um, I personally don't mm. think Lover has had or will have the cultural impact of 1989, which to me is kind of her magnum opus. Um, and so I, it to me, it didn't even yeah. make my, like, mm. my personal best albums of the year, even though I listened to it a ton and I do love her music. It just, I agree that I don't think it needs to be on the list. Kara was thinking I was going to be so controversial. No, not at all. Okay. That brings us to Tyler. Oh, man, it's me. Uh, um, Yeah. Man, this is tough. This is tough. Anything is game here. So any of these things. Okay. Okay. Even the things that you you voted on. Sell me on Baby Yoda. Look, here's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) 
here's the thing. Oh, you're coming out swinging. I get it. That, okay, that is more controversial than Marvelous Mr. <laughs> look, 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 here's the thing. I would agree with you, Tyler. But here's the thing. I get it. It's a cute baby. It's the Yoda species baby. But what is, whatever the what name is, of the Yoda species yeah, is, yeah, like I, exactly. Which that's it's a fallacy in and of itself, right? Because that's not the species name. It's just it's the nickname, right? So I'm like, okay, that's automatically that's a fallacy. And I've heard people say, you know, wild stuff about this. What is it about this this character in this Disney Plus show that's you know slowly moving along once per week? And I'm not really that impressed by too much so far. What is it about this that is top twenty-five? Um, I mean, I'm 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 mostly just amused by the fact that this you know silly the silly puppet from a Star Wars TV show started up this whole like in you know pedo baptism versus creo baptism <laughs> yeah, debate on funny. Twitter. Where do we do we baptize Baby Yoda? Can he? Where's his spirituality? Okay, at? see, I did not see that. So that, that's that's, oh, that's my sorry to this man moment. I, mean, I didn't see it. I can see. I can see. No, Tyler. Sorry to fairness, this baby Yoda. I can see where you're coming from with this, though, because I mean, like, I don't have a good reason for having it on the list, other than that I'm just kind of amused by mm. the crazy places people take them. So I'm amused. I, I don't think so I too. I think so too. It's just like you've seen. I mean, Tyler, the Baby Yoda like meme in like a you know fitted cap and Timberlands like sipping tea. I just feel like you know, this, and like you know in the ways in which people have like transformed and kind of made it their own. I mean, obviously it's not Yoda. They've told us it's not Yoda. I think people didn't have language for like think for all these years we've thought Yoda was the only one or you know you know and so <laughs> I just think I mean I think I kind of agree with you on the show overall I think I was really hype on it at first and it it it's not it's not building the way I thought it was but I do think baby Yoda is the best part of that show and I think in terms of the way <laughs> I would agree with that, that yeah. it has like penetrated you know we're having debates about infant baptism and he also apparently is a New York Yankees fan. I mean, like all of these things I do feel like, and I think to your point of like the, why it's sort of penetrated culture is I do think nostalgia, um, even for, um, people who don't think they're prone to it. I think that a lot of it has to do with nostalgia and like just the love of that character, um, mm-hmm. in that series, which is driving people to see, you know, the newest movie. I think, you know, people want to hold on to that feeling, you know? I think also and, yeah. it's important, um, well, aside from just the internet meme aspect of Baby Yoda, which has been awesome um, to watch and truly enjoyable, Baby Yoda is also a puppet, just like the Muppets. Um, and I love the idea of this character that is so beloved now is a puppet when everything else would make him CG, you know, like, and I think Mm -hmm. part of that cuteness and adorableness that comes through in the show with him is because he is being controlled by the hand of an actor that, that there's that puppeteer aspect to him that I think that just adds so much more to, to this in, in our age of CGI in TV and film. Wow. Those are really good arguments. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll save baby Yoda for now. We'll save him. 
Um, Baby Yoda is saved really, for really, a little really bit. Um, <laughs> saved by sprinkling or by dunking? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even gonna get. I'm not even gonna get into that. Really. Um, what else would you like oof. to talk about? Oof. Ah oh, man. Ah oh, man, 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 man. So many things that are. Yeah, people are gonna, <laughs> no, I, I think people are gonna expect to have it have these things on the list. So I'm just I'm thinking through which one. Um okay. I'm not I'm not saying it should get cut. Explain the Lizzo thing to me. Explain because it's just I, I, I haven't connected with it. So explain the album and why people really like it. I haven't I just personally have not connected with it. I will talk about Lizzo. So I think this is where the challenge of like an album versus a person, um, because I, while I do think cause I love you is a good album. I like that. I think she's, I think she, the album kind of mimics, I think what people love about her. Um, she mm-hmm. is genre. Ben- I mean, she does, she raps, she sings, but I also think it's so much of like, it's not expected, right? Like there's, it, there should not be this like, you know, plus size black woman as the reigning queen of the pop charts. I mean, Truth Hurts was everywhere Mm -hmm. um, this year. And I think the idea that like of her, her sort of superstardom is because she's not the most likely pop superstar. Like she doesn't have that same sort of, you know, typical pop cookie cutter look. Um, And I think her music is popular across, I mean, different types of people people connect with different types like her songs like um jerome is like much more of a classic kind of r&b ballad versus truth hurts which is you know more traditionally pop and so i think she has a lot of different entry points for people and i think also too in a moment where you know it we're often sold these like images of like this is what it means to be beautiful this is what it means to be successful to have Mm -hmm. someone who doesn't fit any of those things be on the cover of time magazine be on the cover of british vogue like you know like is kind of crazy and so i mean I under I could go with the not her album per se, but I think her as a person, even so more to me, I think um, when I think of like 2019, I think it's her moment. And I think also too, I'll say this about Truth Hurts, that song is actually two years old. And the fact that it was like on the Billboard charts for as long as it was mm-hmm. in 2019, mm-hmm. I think also says something really great about perseverance and not giving up on things and feeling like if you've made something or God has called you to something and it doesn't turn out um, how you expect initially, like that, that doesn't mean he still can't use it and like um, something great. So I think just for her kind of unexpected rise to the top of the pop charts mm-hmm. um, and the, the counterculture message about beauty and success, I would say Lizzo has earned a spot on the top. I think that's fair. I'm yeah. not a music critic, but when I listened to that album, each song, every song that came on f- sounded and felt so completely different than the one that came before mm-hmm. it, but also mm-hmm. completely excellent in its execution and i was just wowed um at each track and so on top of her personality and the message uh, you know i'm not I'm, I'm not a black woman but i am overweight and i struggle to find clothes that are comfortable t- to me when i go to the store most of my sizes aren't readily available on the racks i don't know just that 
as a form of representation and culture just was very, um, very pleasing to me uh, to see this year. Uh, but the album itself is also just a work of excellence, in my opinion, when it comes to musical execution. Yeah, no, that's that's understandable. So I was, and to clarify, I think I didn't understand the music side of it. Like I understand Lizzo as a, mm. in terms of as mm-hmm. a phenomenon, as a person. People can't see the list, so they can't see that's an album, not the person. Yeah. So, but yeah, okay, but, cool. Let me. I feel like let me reset here. It on there. <laughs> can can we but i don't know if this is like a good time for this conversation but i mean is there a way i mean i i think she was nominated in some form twice both the album and then also as a person is there a way to kind of talk i mean could she make it just as a person and not as the album or does it need to be as the album the album is in the top 25 i think she got more votes as a I, for the album right i th- she did get more votes as the album, okay. but um, but when I think about the impact that she's having, I think it is a little bit more because of who she is. And yes, that is affecting how she's creating her music, and she is doing that with excellence. But I think where she is really making her mark is with um, her ability to bring different um, definitions to what is acceptable and what is beautiful. And so I think I would be okay with us considering her just as the person who is a musician. I'm okay with that. Okay. Do you feel like that's against the rules? Anybody <laughs> feel leery about that? Tyler, what do you think? I, either way, I, I think that, um, you know, I think either way, putting the album with mm-hmm. her on there or putting her as a person uh, fits the goals of what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, with the list. I think so I do too. think who she is and the message that she is um, trying to speak I, that does come through her music. Yeah, even her album cover is you know an example of that. Um, but yeah, so you know we can we can discuss the details of that later when we're actually doing okay. the blurbs for the list but i'm okay i'm assuming okay. we have consensus that, that she's staying right right yeah for yes. sure for yes sure. okay um yeah i still have to nominate two things um to get off okay so last year we did um won't you be my neighbor right the documentary mm-hmm. this year we also mm-hmm. have a beautiful day in the neighborhood um is is a beautiful day in the neighborhood deserving to be on the list? Because it feels like it's the almost like the same thing. But is is there something about the film mm-hmm. that I didn't have the opportunity to see it? But is there something about the film that's better than the the documentary, or is equally as good as the documentary that needs you know Mister Rogers twice on the list in two years? No, this film needs to go away, and everyone needs to watch <laughs> the documentary. I have not seen the film, but I would agree with that. I think that um, last year we covered Mr. Rogers and and everything that he's done. And I think this film is flowing out of all of that from the past basically two, three years. And so I'm okay with that being moved off the list. Does anyone have a strong argument for keeping it? I don't have a strong argument for keeping it. I would agree that pretty much... A lot. I, I would. I would ha- hypothesize this might not be true, but a lot of what people like about this movie is something that they liked about the documentary that came out last mm-hmm. year. And since we had the documentary on the list last year, it seems a little bit redundant. I also. Mm-hmm. I think this movie 
is, I, I mean, I know a lot of people who really like it and find a lot that's that's special about it. I personally am kind of, you know, I, I've liked it okay. I don't think there's anything particularly remarkable about it. And so so I I wouldn't like say, yes, let's put it on the chopping block necessarily, because I don't think it's, there are other things I would take off before it, but... I'm not gonna stand in the way if if that's what the the mob demands. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. I I haven't seen it, but I will say just in defense of the people that maybe put this on the list, my understanding from people who've seen it and really love it is it's not so much about Mister Rogers. It's more about the man who's writing this article about Mister Rogers that, and what that's he true. learns. And so, mm-hmm. and maybe that's why it's maybe not a hundred percent the documentary. But, um, and so it might be, and that might be why they're kind of gravitating for it is that it's really about sure. what this man learns through his experience with Mr. Rogers. And that, that's, and fair I want too. to, I want to make note here that we aren't voting things off because they're terrible. We're just saying which things are the right. most important things yeah. that we feel like should be on the list. So this is a great movie. Please go watch it and enjoy it. We're not saying you're crazy for liking it. So I think as long as we all know that we're just trying to get to the best of all of these things that have made the list, um, we don't need to feel bad about okay. moving it off. And uh, I'm okay with that. Everybody else yeah, feel okay. good about moving it off? Yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so let's see. We have moved one, two, three, four, five. We have five things off the list. We still need to move five things, five other things off. Um, let's go to Kevin, and then maybe we need to circle on back around one more time with everybody and see if we can finish this up. Kevin, what would you like to see bumped off this list. So I'm I'm going to put in a call to knock Captain Marvel off the list. Um, and I know that I'm kind of the resident Marvel grump uh, on the <laughs> in this podcast. So recognizing that I I just I don't think that Captain Marvel is even one of the best Marvel movies that came out this year, let alone one of the best movies period. So I think that having it as one of the, sorry, I've got a siren. So ignore that in the background. Um, But uh, yeah, like I think that there were better superhero movies that came out this year. I think there are better movies uh, with, with women protagonists that came out this year. And I, I just think that as a story, Captain Marvel is kind of unsatisfying. The main character spends most of the movie with amnesia. There, there's not a whole lot of stuff for for the movie to hold hold on to. It feels a lot like it's sort of a superhero pose that's in search of a strong character to pin it on. And I just didn't think that with all the '90s nostalgia and lip service paid to feminist ideals. I I just don't think that Captain Marvel is really, I don't think there's anything that's all that special about it. So I would, I would think that it would be fine coming off here. Let's hear other ideas here. Anybody else pro Given that we're going to have plenty of Marvel discussion later on, Mm -hmm. I am perfectly fine Mm -hmm. with this. I am interested in Karen's uh, perspective. (laughs) You know, Karen's just sitting here waiting. Well, I figured Captain Marvel would probably get knocked off. Um, 
I will put in my my piece about it. Um, I and 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 you know, I'm not going to stand in the way. I'm not going to like wave my flag and die on this hill. But um, I believe that Captain Marvel deserves a spot this year um, because uh, it was an extraordinary movie for a lot of uh, women who for the first time saw themselves reflected on the screen as a superhero. Uh, you might say, well, wait, what about um, Wonder Woman? Well, it's a very different sort of film than Wonder Woman was. Um, for women like myself who grew up as tomboys um, and who were constantly told that emotions made us weak, um, it was a very emotional film, ironically. Um, I sat and I wept through Captain Marvel um, watching how she developed, um, being told, you know, that she had to suppress her emotions and things like that. Um, I loved that it was a film without any sort of rom uh, romance involved for her. I loved that it was a film that focused on friendship and family. I loved that they did not treat her as a, uh, an, a sex object. Um, that her strength came from being a woman, that when she stepped into her emotions, um, she wasn't this, um, she didn't become this, you know, out of control character that she was very much in control and that made her um, powerful, groundbreaking. So can Karen and I have our Avengers Endgame moment where the female align? Because I agree. I actually, I, it, it, <laughs> I, for all of the reasons Karen articulated, I thought Captain Marvel was such an important um, entry into the Marvel universe. And I think just something that um, about her character that resonates for the things Karen said, but also that she's essentially what we see in Endgame um, is that she's essentially one of the most powerful, strongest. That just felt like such a revolutionary idea for that type of blockbuster movie to see a woman portrayed in that way the strength the kind of crucial critical um where she immediately comes in you know where she's sort of she's respected and she's you know talented and has her own narrative as a woman outside of being a wife and a mother or a sex symbol um something that wasn't and i think also yeah that it wasn't her strength doesn't come from the male gaze. And so I don't know, I thought it was really powerful and really important um, movie this year. So, I mean, well, is it a hill that I'm willing to die on? I don't know, but I do think, I, I do think it's valuable. I, I do. I was happy to see that it made it in the top 25. I'll say that. So well, let's, yeah. let's hear what are the votes here? We've got two to keep it on. Kevin, you're saying yeah, it doesn't need to be on? I mean, I, I'm trying to tread carefully here because I don't want to be like, you know, let me, a man, tell you what's actually important about <laughs> this woman-centric movie. So I, I get it. I just, I, there, there's an article that was written by Allison Wilmore over at BuzzFeed News kind of about how the kind of girl power that you see in movies like uh Captain Marvel or uh, like Atomic Blonde, the, these ones that show powerful female characters to her feel a little bit like like pandering to a demographic more so than being interested in women as people. Like 
if Captain Marvel is the best, like if if Captain Marvel receives accolades simply because of what it represents instead of actually being, you know, a a movie that is going to stand the test of time, that it feels a little bit there's something about that that feels off to me. Like we're we're rewarding it for what it represents rather than for what it actually is. And I think especially when there are movies like Wonder Woman out there, which I think is so much more the the woman at its center is so much more interesting as a person. Um it, it just it it doesn't feel the same to uh extend the same recognition towards towards Captain Marvel, I guess, would be my counter argument. And, and I will say just that sometimes movies, what it represents actually is the thing. It is important. Like I think, for example, Crazy Rich Asians, what came out last year, um, is a good movie. It, it's not the best rom-com I've ever seen, but what it meant for Asian Americans, for culture to see um, Asian American leads, actually, that is an important movie. And so I think there are more, there's one more than one way to say um, what's good and what's not and what's true and what's beautiful. And I, I actually, I, I disagree that just because... And I actually, I didn't think Captain Marvel, I didn't think it was a bad movie. I actually really enjoyed it as a movie yeah, in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But I think that it actually does matter that what it means for women is a part of how you view and evaluate that movie. Those things cannot, to me, I don't even know that it's necessarily desirable that those things be separated. So that's, I'll say that. And I, I do think, I mean, I, I understand that argument though, because I, I get it. I do think that sometimes, um, you have bad movies that are made about good things. I think we see that quite frequently um, in the faith-based arena. I know that's kind of a touchy subject to get into, but you know, um, but I don't, I don't feel that way about Captain Marvel because I just, I enjoyed it beginning to end. I didn't, I didn't think that it was a bad movie. So um, I guess I just disagree. I guess it's just very hard to well, we haven't. Let's let's hear Tyler and Tyler. We haven't heard if you would like to see it on the list or to move it off the list. I uh, I have a question I guess I would throw out um, because there are other Marvel items on the list and I am a Marvel fan, but it also bothers me when we have so much from the same franchise. Uh, would, would you argue Captain Marvel over the other Marvel items on the list, which is Spider-Man and one other movie that will not be named yet but <laughs> we can assume what it is for the audience we'll see if the pod well we'll see if the the listening to this episode <laughs> can deduce which movie we're talking about here well spider-man is a sony product yeah, spider-man so isn't marvel that so one's off the, out of the record yeah there's only two honestly spider-man spider-man is a marvel character but spider that movie is was by sony pictures and I don't, I, as I was kind of saying before, I, the other unnamed one, it to me is, it, it's, it's almost apples and oranges. They're like, they're, they're hardly comparable because they're, they did different things. They're about different things. They, they're hardly comparable to me. I, I want, I would love to see them both on the list, although I would accept a compromise where we just have one square that's for Marvel. <laughs> well, I guess what I, my other option would be if you didn't want to take, um, the other big Marvel film off of the list. Uh, if if you were 
uh, writing the blurb for the uh, that item, you could emphasize most of what you're saying because mm-hmm. I, I feel right, like it is right. represented in uh, Captain Marvel as a character in the other film, and there are other uh, pretty pretty spectacular moments to bring that all in. What do you think? For now, should we highlight that this was nominated to be removed, but we're going to just put a pin in it for right now yeah, and yeah. see what else sure. should come off? That's right. I'm okay with it. Okay. okay, let's do that. Let's go with what else? Um, I Because I, I'm okay with putting a pin in that because I actually feel maybe even more strongly about pushing back on another thing on the list. And that okay. would be- Okay. And, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This turns out to be uh, something that uh, Karen uh, nominated at the beginning, oh, but I I really don't know that Disney Plus needs to be on the 25. Like, it's I'm kind of a glass would... half empty person when it comes to mm-hmm. Disney's cultural dominance in the first place. But I also think mm-hmm. that I was hoping you were going to bring that up. There, yeah. it, <laughs> it it. It, Disney warps the continuum of space time around it when it comes to pop culture. And I'm I'm uncomfortable with that for a few reasons. One of them, though, is that with Disney Plus coming onto the scene, I think it's sort of the harbinger of a fragmentation in media that actually will eventually lead to the art of the past becoming less accessible rather than more accessible. And I think that that's something that might be inevitable, but isn't, is definitely something that I wouldn't want to enshrine as 25 of the most good, true and beautiful mm-hmm. things of 2019. I'll give you that one. Yeah, I agree as well. I, I would I agree. agree with that. Yeah. I say, let's, let's move that off. Okay. I am a reasonable person. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what does this leave us with? We need how many more things? Four more. Four more. We need four more whittled down. And I have lost track of how many people were able to move something off that they wanted to move off. So um, I, everybody got, I got it on? I Whoa, nice. <laughs> nice. What, can I throw one out? Yes, what about please. The crown. Can someone tell me why the crown season three should stay on the list? I was as someone who I was wondering it. about that too. That was on I've my seen... list to move. Okay. So I'm I'm glad I had my eye on that, and I thought if no one else brought it up, I was going to bring it up. I think I've been watching it, and I have really enjoyed season three. It is so well done. Um, very challenging in terms of the dynamics and and the shift in characters because they they have a whole new cast and so it has a completely different feel the weight is different in terms of the relationships and the the scenarios that are happening there it's so well done but i don't know that it's doing something new and different enough that we need to have it on the list again so i think it needs can I, to be moved Ed, can i just cuz i i it was on my list so i actually think season 3 of the crown is the best season in terms of saying the most and the most um, substantial. And I like have loved every, you know, I love the show, um, but it just mm-hmm. feels like to me, the stories, um, the questions that are being asked are different and um, more substantial. Like I have felt like up until this point, um, the, the crown was really about um sort of Queen Elizabeth and her sort of about her and I just feel Mm -hmm. like the um the episode about 
uh, Prince Philip and questioning his faith, his relationship with his mother. Yeah, that's been that was amazing. The episode where the kids, I can't think of the disaster now, where the kids um, were killed by the coal mine and the oh, question yes. mm-hmm. um, about the environment, government responsibility. Like it wasn't. I mean, the sort of the linchpin is like her reaction <clears throat> to those things. But I just felt like these are questions that feel really current and like modern. And then like that scene where Prince Philip is with the town as they're grieving the loss of this 115 oh, kids. And they are singing about God's goodness and faithfulness mm. while like literally half of the young people of their community have died in this yeah. horrific tragedy feels weightier than a, what a lot of current television is um and i think in mm-hmm. terms of what is good and true and beautiful this season of all the seasons of the show i think point and speak to that more than any other season um and i i don't know if it's just olivia coleman i liked claire foy but i just i feel like th- in terms of yeah what it's saying now i don't know that it's penetrated sort of the pop culture consciousness in the same right. way the that's my my take i feel like it is well worth the watch and i think people should be watching it i don't know that we need to have it on the list again because it was on last year i believe right no i don't don't think think it was on the list it wasn't oh no i'm wrong i I just i'm with you in the fact that television is dominating the list this year so Mm -hmm. my my question would just be whether or not the crown sticks out above uh the rest above all of it because we're not saying that it's not right. good TV. It is. It's excellent. But everything that we have now is excellent. So we're at this point of needing to whittle. And um, I also enjoy it immensely. I voted for it, Catherine. I, I love well, it. I just don't know, like, as I'm looking at everything else, I'm now getting to the point where I don't know what else I would like to have removed. Can I ask Martin Scorsese? <laughs> I I knew I knew this would would eventually come so I'm I'm a, I'm actually happy to talk about it because it gives me a chance to talk about why I think he's so great so um I think Martin Scorsese needs to be on the list because I mean we we do talk about the list kind of representing the good the true and the beautiful and the thing that I love about Scorsese isn't just his filmmaking, which I mean, there's a reason why he's kind of the giant, this giant of the American director scene that he is. I mean, that's all great. But this year specifically, I think he's important because he was kind of the focal point of the most widespread, long lasting, culture wide conversation about art and its purpose that we got all year. So, I mean, if you've been living under a rock, basically, Martin Scorsese said that he didn't care much for Marvel films. He didn't uh, think of them as cinema. He thought of them as, I think he called them theme park rides. And Mm -hmm. this kicked up a whole dust storm of people calling him an elitist and, um, you know, saying that, you know, he's an old man who's out of touch, who doesn't appreciate what regular people like to watch, which... Uh, agree with it or not, Scorsese's response was really interesting. His response wasn't to double down or to be snarky about the people who were his detractors. He actually wrote this great op-ed piece in the New York Times where he acknowledged the criticisms of what he said and then explained himself in further detail and did it in such a way that 
betrayed this tremendous love for film as an art form and for the possibilities of storytelling that I thought, I mean, I'm inclined to agree with him. So of course I thought that was great, but I think he, the, the manner in which he communicated it was, was so winsome and so um, full of both knowledge about the art form and love for the art form that I think he's kind of an aspirational example for all of us when we're talking about the art that we love to when, when we are encountering criticism to be like Mark, be like Marty, essentially. He's, uh, he's a great, he's a great director, a great artist, but he's also just a guy who loves movies just like so many of us. And he's just so well positioned to put a megaphone to that love and share it with everybody. So I, I will, this is the hill that I will die on is I'm not going to let Martin <laughs> oh, Scorsese okay. come, off the, come off the list. I can make an easy choice for us. I think okay. I don't expect pushback maybe from Kevin, um, but I'm expect, I don't think it's come up because most of you don't play video games. I, as a person who spends way too much time playing video games, I do not think untitled okay. goose game okay. needs to make it on the list. Okay. If, if it was that. on the list, it would be on the list more as a meme and as a meme, it had its moment and then it was gone. Um, and so it's a fun game. It, it it was kind of subversive in, uh, its design as you are just a goose going around solving puzzles by annoying (laughs) residents of a little town. Um, but as a game, it, it doesn't, it doesn't really hit the marks for me when it comes to the good, the true and the beautiful in pop culture. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to, this is not a hill I'm going to die on. I mostly, agitated for it to be on the list just because there are so few video games that are just sort of comedies rather than uh experiences that have uh violence as as kind of the engine driving it forward so i kind of appreciated that goose game was just not was content to be the charlie chaplin Mm -hmm. of the the video game scene so i appreciate that about it but it's not like a year defining no. video game necessarily. So I, I'm okay if, if we want to take it off. I'm okay with it. I, I was familiar with it. It's not like I've played it. I'm not a gamer, but um, if mm-hmm. if we don't have anyone who opposes it, I say not let's go ahead and move that off. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we are down to three more. How many left? We need three more. We have a couple things that we've highlighted and put a pin in. We may circle back. Um, (laughs) Is there any other entry Mm. here that Mm. someone would like to toss Mm. out as an option? Tyler Burns, you're giggling. Do you have something in mind? (laughs) I need to have a Kanye conversation here. Um, Oh, man. My... uh, struggle with Kanye's well chronicle so I don't I don't really feel like I have to just rehash like every single thing um but I struggle with this album being on here mm-hmm. um I feel like it's thrown together in a lot of places uh I feel like it has its moments and that's just off the strength of who Kanye is and just his natural creative talent he's a master of melody and I understand what people mm-hmm. I understand it it would just mm-hmm. almost be shocking and you know stunning for a lot of people in the group if Kanye's album is not in that list um but 
I, I'm really struggling with with whether or not it deserves it from a musical standpoint and even from a uh, a cultural standpoint because I I just feel like I feel like there's so much there's there's so many gaps that weren't filled in on the album and I feel like there's there's such a spectacle around Kanye that it's just very uncomfortable sometimes to think of it as good true and beautiful. Um, in that mm-hmm. way, it kind of feels like brand extension or brand redefinition more so. And and and, and so that's that's why I've struggled mm-hmm. with it. Interesting. And I, to me, the album hasn't stuck with me. So even the songs that I've enjoyed, um, whether it's Hands On or Water okay. um, or the opening track, it just hasn't really stuck with me. And so my argument when the album came out is if it were a Sunday service album with the choir you know, with the excellent choir that's kind of been running around and doing the tours and the snippets and remixes, that it would have been better. But because Kanye centers himself Mm -hmm. in the album, the album suffers because of it. And that's kind of his fatal flaw to begin with is he centers himself. Mm -hmm. So that's why for me, it's just, I I struggle with Jesus is King. I will say, I think even to the extent that Kanye West is represented on this list, it should be Kanye West as a person in terms of That's what I was going to ask. Because Jesus is King, Mm -hmm. I mean, truthfully, it's not a good album because of all the things that, I mean, it's it's not even the best Kanye album. It's not a finished idea. Um, I think Tyler has stated really well, like just the, the issues with the music, not you know, so I think in terms of like cultural zeitgeist of 2019, I I do think I understand people putting Kanye West on the list in terms of just um sort of a it seems like a walking out of his like conversion experience mm-hmm. and like the conversations that have been generated around that and as he is like traveling you know that Sunday service has traveled and he's had you know pastors varying levels of megachurch pastors speak and preach and you know now he's potentially going like on tour and he's doing youth group conferences like I think that is worthy of being on the list but I just feel like as an album Jesus is King I I wouldn't I wouldn't put that album on does anyone remember if uh, the life of Pedro I, made the list I feel like it did I feel like it did sorry yeah the I life of Pedro like it did much better to me, that's a that's a much, much better, better album of what yeah, he's mu- trying oh, to much take. Better. Jesus is King. So then the question is: Are are we going to keep Kanye on? I don't the list think Kanye because... as a person deserves to be on the list. If he's on the list, it's okay. because of what he tried to do with Jesus. Yes, I think that was my question. <laughs> it was what he was attempting to do, and also the the major shift in um, where he's putting his creative um, projects. I mean, it's shifting, but I do think it's really interesting what you're saying about he's centering himself in it and almost by keeping him on the list, we're feeding that. So so, compromises. And and so it's it's true that he's on a journey, but I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, where are we going? Like what's going on? So that's why for me, I just, I I can't. You know, and I, I understand if it stays on the list. I just, for me, I, I very much so struggle with the album and the whole movement. I mean, the the fact that we're kind of wondering, you know, what he even represents yeah. when, when, like, when if we put him on the list, what <laughs> yeah. would we sure. say in the hypothetical blurb we write about? Like, mm-hmm. I think that the fact that none of us really knows what that would be yeah. shows that. Yeah, I think that, that's telling. Yeah, there's 
maybe just a murkiness about mm-hmm. his art that suggests that maybe it's just right now the art that he's produced this year just isn't very good and probably mm-hmm. isn't isn't worth mm-hmm. a word. So um can I also oh. just revisit the ninja conversation? Um because um I think I appreciated the reasons Tyler articulated for putting him on the list. Um, I guess this might turn into a conversation about something else um, in terms of how we consider people and sort of their own um, sort of flaws or mistakes that they've made and how that factors into what we – how we consider them for the list. And I say that because I wasn't super familiar with Ninja, but how he entered my sort of public consciousness is that he had to apologize for saying the N word on one of his streams. Um, And so Mm. I, you know, he did apologize. Um, So like props for that. But I just, to me, like when you brought his name up, like that was immediately where my mind went and not so much to the other things that you mentioned. And so Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a place for like a larger conversation about how do we kind of pull all of these things together. Um, but I just wanted to say like, I'd be fine with leaving him off the list. Uh, just to respond to it a little bit. I know there's no defense of, of the critique you bring. Um, basically what I would say is that uh, as stupid as most white people are um, when they try to rap, um, that was the context of it. Um, it was a rap song. It wasn't a, it came out of, of, you know, an expletive while he was playing a video game. I don't think that's a defense for it. I still think it was wrong. I think he acknowledged it. And, you know, I'm glad that there haven't been any other um, examples of that while other streamers, you know, have, have, tiptoed in that area way too many times Mm. uh yeah so yeah but this brings up the question does ninja belong on this list and it seems like he is doing good things and like you said tyler he's using his platform for good but in the mix of all these other things do you think that he should retain the spot so i would love to hear from everybody what do you think yeah no nah, that would that's yeah yeah oh man and there's crickets <laughs> hello hello yeah. no, I, I i i would just say like i understand my blind spot and i don't want to make light of it at all um i do i do feel like um at least my purpose for nominating on him on this list um goes mm-hmm. goes very much beyond that uh, but i do understand that mm-hmm. as a critique and if the cast thinks that um you know, that warrants removal. I understand. We already have two Tylers. We don't need a third Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What? what, Nobody's talked about Watchmen. Nowhere. Watchmen needs to be on the list. Bring back on the good game. It does. I think Watchmen needs to stay. It's got to stay on. Okay. Okay. okay, I'm just asking a question. I'm not. This is not a definitive statement. What about Billie Eilish? Uh, that album knocks, though. That album is it's a bop. As weird as, weird as that is, I love that album. That <laughs> album, album is so dope. <laughs> 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 I was just asking. I have it. I don't have strong don't have feelings one way or another. I have very strong feelings. I do. I, you know, Bad Guy is a bop, the song that I have heard. I just was That's asking. 
for that's good yeah this is good. good it's a weird song though it's weird i like it but it's it, weird it, it, like it, i don't know why it's I like a hill it. that i will partially die on so i i would say i think we should just uh wait to go deeper on that in the next episode um yeah, let's let's i don't want to keep beating the drum of like what how many of each category is on this list but uh Th- this list is now very uh, film heavy and still pretty television what, um, heavy. I feel like we need to. What's the argument for, for Russian Doll? And I've seen the pilot of Russian Doll, but I haven't seen the full season. So I mean, it may have gone in a different place. It didn't necessarily grab me after the first episode, but it was. I mean, it's an interesting uh-huh. concept. It just didn't grab me, so I, I Can- didn't keep watching. Tyler or Kevin, did either of you watch that enough to be able to speak to that? I have not seen any of Russian Doll, so okay. I, I've heard no it's problem. good, and I'm very intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. Like pretty much every, everybody seems to ever. I should I should say everybody. Lots of people whose opinions I trust have spoken positively of it, but I couldn't speak to it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I would I would say. Um, just simply because most here haven't watched it uh it it should stay on the list um in that regard like there were it received a lot of votes it's pretty high in points so there it was beloved to an extent um i watched Mm -hmm. the entire show i I remember telling myself at the beginning of the year when it came out i have to remember this show for the list I'm going to have to brush up on why, because I don't remember so many of the details because it has been almost an entire year since it released. Um, But as, as a, uh, as a new take on Groundhog Day uh, and, and tackling uh, the questions of addiction and religion and um, womanhood uh, that it does, I I just feel like there is a lot there to be discussed and said. And I just, well, I mean, and and we're looking, you know, from the TV right now, I'll say this, like, I mean, I put, I put us up, up there. If I look at the other films, am I really gonna like die on the us hill per se? Um, No. And so I'm, I'm okay with sacrificing us. I think there's some other films I feel more strongly about than us. So, if, I mean, if, unless someone is like, oh, no, that really hurts because I really want to see that on the list. Okay. I got to talk about it. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people saw it. And so I'm, I'm fine with that. If we're if we're going to uh, specifically look to cut a movie, I, I would rather lose uh, Captain Marvel over us. I think us is, you know, maybe not what I would put at the top of my list, but I do think it it's it's interesting enough that I would rather have it than a, another superhero movie. I would, without making this a men versus women debate, I would argue for <laughs> us over Captain Marvel as well. Um, I love the fact that uh, a horror film as well um, can come up uh, in so much of the pop culture consciousness. And I feel uncomfortable cutting us. I also feel uncomfortable cutting Captain Marvel, but I I don't want either one of those to go. Here's my question. I feel like um, the two shows that are more historical in nature, we have The Crown and Chernobyl. And I feel like both of those were talking about all sorts of social issues that are still relevant today. And I'm wondering if both of those two things are speaking similar messages and maybe one of those two should go. Whereas Us versus Captain Marvel, those are completely different movies and different messages. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'll let somebody else talk. I've made my... Yeah. And I, I, 
I mean, really, when you have talked about Chernobyl, I I so appreciate that. And I'm not saying it's bad. I think the hard part is now we're down to something that we love is going to be moved off this list. And so we have to make a hard choice. So what is that going to be? I'll let um, Catherine keep the crown if she'll uh, reconsider sorry to this man. Oof. Could you choose between those two, Catherine, I since mean, both of them are still sort of on the line? I was going to suggest giving up Baby Yoda. <laughs> no. <laughs> we got to sacrifice oh. Baby Yoda. <laughs> oh, no. Man. He's been so unifying <laughs> in this time of strife. But, um, well, <laughs> but I think those were compelling arguments that were made earlier. So, um, whew. you know, the one thing we've not talked about is Rachel Den Hollander's book. And um, we, I believe that was on the list last she, year. She was person of the year her, for her yeah. as a person. Yeah. And I, I do think that that book is very important and notable, but I do feel it's almost like the the Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, and all the documentary versus movie. Mm. It's yeah. it's the building of it, and I I think it's an important book that we all need to be recognizing and reading. But does it need to be on the list? That's true. If she hadn't been on yeah. the list last she, year, I, I think, think she was like mm-hmm. the top person mm-hmm. last year. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would agree with yeah. that. I agree with that. If we're gonna go with that for a beautiful day in the neighborhood, I mean, I I do think that that qualifies. Okay, everybody. Looks like we have our list in place. Um, This has been really good discussion. I feel like I now have all kinds of things to think about and to go and engage with because some of these things I was unfamiliar with. So thanks for all of your expertise coming in and weighing in on this list. We now have our list of 25. And next in our next episode, we are going to rank them from 25 down to number one. That conversation will release later in the week. Um, just to recap, though, um, let me tell you the 20 things that remain or were pulled into this list. And then we still have those top five that we'll uh, let you know about in the next episode. So we have, as the final, we have Martin Scorsese. We have Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We have 30 to 50 Feral Hogs meme. Russian Doll, Baby Yoda, Watchmen, The Crown, Parasite, The Color of Compromise by Jamar Tisby, When We All Fall Asleep, we have Lizzo, Kiki Palmer's Sorry to This Man meme, Succession, Disco, Alisum, Keanu Reeves, Beyonce's Homecoming, Us, Chernobyl, and Knives Out. So that's our list. Come on back later in the week. We will have our ranking round of discussion for you with the same team. And you can see what makes it into the top five and down to number one. Thanks so much for listening and uh, come on back. We've got more for you. 